Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with repeat guest Janice Vitelli. Think that you're going to enjoy this episode from a standpoint of knowing how to deal with the anxiety that you and or your children might be experiencing as we go back to school, as we go back to our jobs, and as life kind of reorganizes organizes, if you want to call it that, in dealing with the complications of how children are are returning to school and college kids. How are they handling all this? We hope you enjoy the show. We hope that you like um, the show very much, that you rate it, subscribe to it. And we'd love to hear what you would like to hear more about from our future episodes with Janice and I, as well as any future episode with Wine and Dime. So sit on back, grab your favorite beverage and sip away. Well, Janice, welcome back to another edition of our vlog. Boy, the world still is just as crazy as our last one. And we all thought the summer was going to bring about a whole different change that we were going to be beyond being um, quarantined. Things were going to go back to quote unquote normal. And that couldn't be further from the truth as we're both recording from our home offices once again. But welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and being here again today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. As we head into, so we're recording in August and we're heading into a period of time that is college students going back to college, uh, parents thinking about their um, primary school, kids going back to school. I've heard so many people talk about the emotion behind that this year. Uh, normally, it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of people are normally on vacation somewhere, really soaking up the summer. And more and more people are doing staycations this year, of course, or staying local. Um, but I've heard a lot of parents uh, talk about the concern that they have with their kids going off to school and will this create another flare up um, and the schedules that some of the schools are actually putting together and how that's going to be very stressful for them. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk to everybody about some of the emotional things uh, that the, that parents, grandparents, kids might all be going through to help identify that. And then some of the financial you know struggles that might go along with that too. And some ideas that we have around that. So Let's dig into this episode. Let's talk first about um, the the younger kids, and then we'll get into the college kids. But 
one of the things that many of the school districts, at least in our area, are doing is sort of the shared classroom where they're going in a couple days a week, uh, working from home, meaning it's homeschooling a couple days a week. Um, the kids, you know, are, this is going to be very confusing for them as to how it's going to work. The parents are going to have to try to figure out what they're going to do for daycare in some situations. We talk a lot about how stressful it was last spring when the schools shut down completely, but how stressful is this potentially going to be having this crazy schedule? Well, it, as, as stressful as it was when everything shut down, I think it's going to be a different kind of stress. It maybe is a positive thing, but it's everything's going to be new and different, you know, with um, I see, just seeing everybody wearing masks and different schedules and like everything's going to be different until people get used to that. You know how um, it kind of seemed like the longer we were in the shutdown mode, the like the more we were able to kind of adjust to it, you know, and I think the same thing will happen with kids going back to school and for the parents too. you know, figure out this is what the new schedule looks like. You know, they're going to school these days. I'm home. I know who's taking care of the kids um, when I'm at, you know, if the days that you have to go to work. I know who's doing the pickup. Once that gets all straightened out, maybe, out. yeah, maybe some of the stress will dissipate, mm -hmm. but I anticipate it being pretty stressful on everybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, kids don't necessarily understand the word or the meaning of stress and they're not, you know, it's, un, it's not usual. At least I've never heard a, a child, maybe a teenager, but I've never really heard sort of those middle school and younger kids say, I'm feeling stressed out. What are some of the ways that a parent might identify that this is stressful to a child? So, you know, things that are kind of out of the norm. So like a, a really young kid who's used to sleeping on their own, maybe all of a sudden they're wanting to, to sleep in your bed again. Um, kids that are normally happy. I mean, this is kind of obvious, but like they're more tearful um, or clingy, that kind of thing. Yeah. And also, um, you know, kids that usually have pretty good behavior are, you know, you're finding that they're, you know, arguing more with you. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things could be their way of letting you know, like, I'm not, I'm not doing so well. Mm -hmm. And even physical, right? I mean, like, oh, yeah. a, mm -hmm. like a headache, a bellyache, I'm not feeling well, or maybe it's not even a, they don't even name the body part. They're just I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the identifiers that if, if that's, happening it's not that the child is acting up it's that they're they don't know how to deal with this emotion that they're feeling right mm -hmm. exactly so that trickles down um right so if mom and dad are stressed kids are sometimes stressed so well, it might not even be a result of them only going to school two days. It might be that that schedule is stressing out the parents. Exactly. And also, there's, so there's additional stresses on everybody in their life that they're going to come in contact with. You know, all the other kids have stresses. The bus driver is going to have stress. The, um, the receptionist at the school, your teacher, mm -hmm. like everybody, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. going to be, um, you know, just not quite running at their optimal level. And kids are like sponges you know, and, and they, and they absorb what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. So like you and I were talking about before, well, and you just mentioned, it's like a trickle down thing. So if the adults around them are feeling 
super stressed. And you can hide stuff from your kids to some level, but Mm -hmm. kids are smart and they also are like sponges. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, again, it comes down to self-care of us and then we can better care for the people around us. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I know for me, when I get stressed, uh, my tension level, you know, is, is very high. And I call it the snap effect because, you know, it's, um, I can take it and I can take it and I can take it and I can take it. And then when my stress gets really high, it's a simple, stupid question that I'm just snappy about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then of course I have to go apologize for, it. and it's usually nine chances out of 10, my husband that gets the brunt of it. Um, almost like 9.9 chances out of 10. <laughs> He's the one who actually gets the brunt of it, but that happened. And I saw that happening you know, or heard parents say that that happened, you know, several times. And it's still happening because, again, a lot of the daycare facilities and the camps and all of those got shut down this summer. So the kids are not getting out of the house and they're not getting away from parents and parents that normally have two incomes. Yes, they've been, most of them have been able to work from home so far, but that's becoming, um, as we're starting to open up a little bit more, more companies are asking you to come back and work uh, within the facility. And so if your kids are only going to school for two days that, and you don't have daycare that you can send your kids to, mm-hmm. or, you know, then it becomes an economic impact on the household because somebody needs to be there with them, or you need to bring somebody in that you trust that's not being exposed. And what I've seen is that grandparents are actually having to step in to this role of maybe uh, being with their grandchildren, which most grandparents love being with the grandchildren. That's not the issue. Uh-huh. But the, it's not just about being with your grandkids. It's about making school, making sure your grandkids attend virtual school and helping right. them do, you know, helping them with their homework and doing things that they haven't done in, in many, many, many years. So there's a whole nother stressor, stressor at the family level. Right. And mm-hmm. that's another. Yeah, absolutely. Impact. What would you suggest from, um, because we talked about the trickle down effect, what would you suggest from a standpoint of how therapy right now would be very helpful for that family dynamic that's going on? And, you know, if it's a grandparent, if it's a parent, if it's a child, what, what ways could a session with you, even if it's just one, really help the household? So, so say it's a, a parent who's like, they're noticing their stress levels are going up and they're thinking, you know, maybe some counseling could be beneficial. Just being able to give voice to everything that's going on in a safe environment where you're not going to be judged is, is hugely um, helpful. And we, we counselors call that processing our feelings. So it's no longer just inside of you, you're, 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 you're speaking about it. But then mm-hmm. also coming up with um, strategies like, you know, I hear a lot of people that I work with, um, you know, like I used to go to the gym and I, I can't mm-hmm. go to the gym anymore. And, and so we do a lot of strategizing. Okay, so going uh, your physical fitness and, and doing something of a physical nature, I hear that mm-hmm. it is really important to you. How else can we bring that Mm-hmm. into your into your life and we brainstorm around it and and so that, that's really beneficial because when you when you work on something and, and that might sound like really obvious like why do I need to go to a counselor to figure that out 
But often in our lives, especially if you have kids, you don't have space to Mm -hmm. think about Mm -hmm. things. And sometimes if you have an outside person who, you know, who's objective can say, hey, you know, when talking to you, this sounds like this is a really important thing to you Mm -hmm. and it's not happening. Where can you fit that in? Or Mm -hmm. if spirituality is really important and Mm -hmm. they're not going to church, how can you? you know, what are some other ways that you can address your spirituality? Mm -hmm. You know, are there things online? Mm -hmm. Um, So those are some examples of conversations I have with people. Yeah. And and even taking, I love that idea behind it. And even taking it a step further and saying, you know, if you're like the, um, the physical side of it, like you were talking about Mm -hmm. the exercise, how can you incorporate that with the family? Exactly. is it you take, I know you need that physical exercise. I need it too. Like that's something that's really mm-hmm. important to me. So if I couldn't do it, that's why I go to Florida in the winter because I have to get outside and exercise. Like that to me brings so much joy to my life and so much calmness to my life. Getting mm-hmm. out and being able to walk every single day or go for a jog or lift weights or whatever it is. Um, that's really important to me. And if it was, if it was something that I couldn't do, and for most of the people in the Finger Lakes area, they can get outside and they can walk without any problem, or they can go for a hike. People that are in more, you know, close knit cities might have to wear a mask if they go out for a walk, but they could still get creative in ways that they could get that fam, they could get that physical exercise in as a family, if that's, if that's Mm -hmm. the case. Right. And sometimes, like you said, that just takes a third person looking from the outside and brainstorming with the person to be able to come up with those, those solutions. You know, I I just wanted to add, you know, so things, so somebody might say, well, what does exercise have to do with stress? Or like, what are these Mm -hmm. like very basic things? Because I like Mm -hmm. made a list of for myself of things, you know, like getting back to basics and making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're eating well, you know, um, exercise and all of those when we're depleted in those areas, we are less able to manage our stress. hundred percent, hundred percent. Do not take my exercise away and make sure I at least get six hours of sleep. Because mm-hmm. if, if you mess with either of those, like I had a client that said, well, can't we meet at seven o'clock in the morning? I'm like, no, that's my workout time. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to understand like that is, that is a commitment to me that is, you know, because they're saying, well, it's just once. And I'm the type of person that if it happens once, it'll happen twice. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three or four or five weeks later, I look back and I'm like, well, how did that happen? Like that got completely out of control. So I stick very regimented to my workouts <laughs> because it would be so easy for me to get into a pattern like that. So, but it could be anything. It doesn't have to be just exercise that we're talking about, but whatever recharges you. Meditation is another one that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think is a big deal for a lot of people. And I've heard more and more people say that five minutes of meditation for them, even if it's sitting on the bathroom floor with the fan running. So the kid, they can't hear the kids. That's right. That's right. Never works. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, um, I wanted to mention to you. So you saying no to that client is another really great example of reducing stress for adults, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. setting and saying, saying no to things. So, you know, when you were talking about grandparents, um, you know, um, helping with their children, helping with mm-hmm. their grandchildren, mm-hmm. they should get, before they just say yes to everything, I would recommend really getting clear on, you know, what are the non-negotiables for them? Like mm-hmm. if they, every morning they go do a, a walk and that is vital. Like, don't give that up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and the parent and the parents need to be look, thinking about that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those habits that mm-hmm. their parents have formed and their you know potential retirement years need to continue to be functional. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, so it's, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. It's We're a multi generational problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And also the 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 parents. Like if there's if it's a two parent household, the two parents. Um, Mm-hmm. kind of need to tag team and communicate about mm-hmm. what their individual needs are. You know, like if the, mm-hmm. you know, if one partner needs to go for a jog, you know, kind of mm-hmm. asking the other, mm-hmm. Hey, is it, is it okay if at this time every day that I mm-hmm. go do that and supporting each other, but you have to communicate. Yeah. And I think a big piece of it on the financial side is that, you know, um, if somebody has to stay home with the kids a little bit more then that, creates a spending adjustment that needs to be mm-hmm. made. And, and we're definitely, we are talking with so many people that have said, you know, I really, my critical issue right now is to get our spending plan in place because it is very possible that I'm only going to be able to work two or three days a week. Mm-hmm. And although the employer is fine with that and understanding working with them on that particular issue, it still means that the household is taking potentially two thirds or a 50% pay cut within, within their overall program. And I've heard several parents talking about just doing like 100% homeschooling with a tutor, which of course costs them more. So getting their spending plan in place and shifting where money is being spent across the board. And then in some cases, parents saying, nope, we're just going to take our kids out of public school and put them into private school uh, because private schools are, they're functioning because they're usually smaller in size, they're able to function like at five days a week. So they're shifting expenses from one avenue to another avenue, even though normally you know they wouldn't have that expense. So it's really trickling down. And that, of course, is causing a stressor for some people mm-hmm. as well, trying to figure out where they're going to, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, rob Peter to pay Paul. Um, so let's shift a little bit to the college student. And um, again, I, I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but uh, when I went to college, you know, it was, it was an experience and I can't even imagine what these college students are going through right now. Many of them are going back early and they're going to be done at least with a classroom by Thanksgiving and then finish out at home after that. Um, but this is creating from the clients we work with, this is creating enormous anxiety for the parents. Uh-huh. A huge oh sure for the parents sure mm-hmm. but I would guess to a certain extent maybe there's a hidden factor with the student too even if they don't realize that's what's going on oh yeah I mean trying to figure out you know do I keep my do I keep the apartment at school you know am I going to commute am I going to go to school this semester you know and and also also safety stuff if they've got Mm -hmm. um you know grandparents that they'd like to see or people in their Mm -hmm. family that have you know immune conditions or Mm -hmm. high risk Mm -hmm. you know and also that that um phenomenon of everything changing when things Mm -hmm. change even if they're changing for the better they're Mm -hmm. stressful you know Mm -hmm. when people you know have uh, good stress like getting a new job or getting Mm -hmm. married Mm -hmm. those are highly stressful things and the things that are going on now they're they're all these changes and they're you know they're hard ones so yeah what does a parent do um to try to gauge 
what a mm. college student is going through remotely. I mean, mm. you know, like, okay, a, college, a kid goes off to college, they're a couple hundred miles away, you know, they mm. might text, they might call. How do you, what are some of the cues that you listen for when all you're doing is listening or texting to your child? That's a really good question. I guess if it's, there's changes in behavior um, that you're noticing, like if they're, if you notice that they, you know, usually they'd be at the library and they're not, they're sleeping in a lot, or Mm -hmm. um, you suspect, you know, an increase in alcohol use or Mm -hmm. drug Mm -hmm. use, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, I wanted to mention that most colleges have counseling right on campus. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and even if it's, um, even if they're doing virtually, I believe that most, most schools still have their counselors on staff. So, you know, virtual appointments, you know, I would, so if you suspect, like, especially kids that you know, they already are susceptible to anxiety or depression, you really need to to check in with them and make sure that they've got the support that they need. You know, maybe even get get them set up before classes actually start, if that's the case, right? Yeah. And if they're, whatever state that you're in, like right now, kind of, it's quite, it's easier right now to get a therapist because you don't have to travel like almost (laughs) like 95% of therapists are available online now. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to, so your kid's going to school in Binghamton. You don't Mm -hmm. have to have a therapist in Binghamton, any place Mm -hmm. in New York state, Mm -hmm. you know, that has been one good thing. I think that has, there's been several good things that have come out of this horrible pandemic that we're all Mm -hmm. going through, but I do think access to medical and normally I have to meet in person type things like a therapist has become very much appreciated. Number one, Um, there's no place more comfortable usually than your own home. And to be talking with somebody so openly about feelings and emotions that you're going through. um, In in some cases, it might make people feel a little more comfortable because they're not, they're actually not there. And that, um, that has been one of the positives, I think, is, is the accessibility of services from that perspective. And nobody ever sees you walk into what's a therapist's office. You know, nobody knows anything. So if there's, if there's a stigma that goes along with it, then that's eliminated when you hop on a Zoom call with a friend. <laughs> you know? Right. And so, and like therapy is just, it's just like this. This is exactly what it looks mm-hmm. like, you know? And we just, yeah, we just talk about what's going on. I like the the comment that you made about verbalizing it, because I do think a lot of times that's where um, people create things in their head, you know, as far as like, you know, they're thinking about a lot of the different things and it's, you know, that old saying, cut off your nose, despite your face, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, uh, there's been times where I've made the comment that I can't be creative right now because my head's too full, mm-hmm. you know? So I need to get, I need to clean that head out. I need to go do something that makes me not think like for me, it's gardening or going for a run or sometimes just going, you know, for a walk or um, sitting out on the patio or the porch or the little Island that we have that to me is, it just gives my mind that space that I'm not sitting in front of something, trying to problem solve. And then like, there it is. There's the answer. Okay. Now I can, you know, now I can deal with this problem. I still don't have the answer, but at least I know 
who I can go ask the questions to kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is often, and usually it's, you know, usually the answer comes because I'm having a conversation with a friend or my husband and we're just talking it through. And, you know, the moments I'm like, well, that was dumb. Like, why was I fretting over that? Like that was, and I would say it's dumb. It, it wasn't, but it was just like, wow, I just, I couldn't see that answer because it was just so close to my face. Exactly. I mean, that happens, that happens to all of us. It happens to, to me as well. You know, it's not until like I, I'm talking to somebody about it and they're like, did you hear what you just said? You know, you know, and I'm like, Oh my, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we're become temporary blind to it. You know, especially like, you know, you were talking about thoughts and, you know, our thoughts, sometimes we kind of go down the rabbit hole with them and, you know, what if this, and what if that, and and it's kind of, it's like a dark, scary place in there sometimes, you know, but if you like, but if you talk about it, it's, yeah, you'll bring it to the light of day helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, on the financial side, some of the things that we're seeing is, you know, people trying to figure out how to how to manipulate the income that's coming in or will be coming in to pay for some of these services and really digging into the nitty gritty of the spending plan. We've been spending a lot of time with people trying to figure out how to manipulate the budgets, um, which I hate that word budget, spending plan, how to manipulate the Mm -hmm. spending plans so that um, we can come up with the solution. And, and it's the, the hardest part about it often is the fact that it's like, we have to do it month by month right now. Mm. You know, we really, we can plan out for the next couple of months, but we have no idea what's going to happen in my opinion, in October, you know, September, October timeframe, we don't know if this is going to cause a flare up and they're going to go back to 100% homeschool again. We don't know if offices are going to you know, send people home again to work from home, if they can work from home. We don't know what the legislative environment is going to be and whether or not there's going to be a, another round of stimulus that comes out or whether there's not. So, we're also struggling to work with people and all of the other financial goals that we often work with people on are sort of just like, I can't even think about them right now. Mm-hmm. I've got to get this box taken care of this situation right now taken care of. And so we're spending a lot of time working with people on their spending plan right now. This is, this is the number one focus that we, we have with people. So if you're watching this video and you're listening and you realize that this is, sounds like you, please don't feel alone by what you're going through. I think we are all going through it. Brent and I sat down this past Sunday and we were walking through you know, our finances and, and talking contingency plans because we don't know either. I mean, our business has not, um, has not been hit by this pandemic, fortunately, at least not, not yet, but it could, you know, it could. And, and so we've been talking a lot about trimming the fat as we call it. And uh, I think a lot of people are going through that right now to make sure that whatever happens, their children's education is not any further harmed than what it has been so far with everything that's been going on. Um, so I share that with people only from a standpoint to say that um, I don't feel you're alone with some of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janice, uh, if you, I know we've provided this to, to to people in the past, and we'll certainly put it in the show notes. 
But if you feel that you need to talk to somebody about this, certainly on the financial side, I can help you with that spending plan and get you through some of that. But on the emotional side, uh, how can people get a hold of you? So um, so people that are in, in New York State, you can um, call me at 607-414-0640, or you can um, email me at vitalicounseling at gmail.com and vitale, V-I-T-A-L-E, counseling with one L. Mm-hmm. at gmail.com. You know, and I want to mention, um, you know, if people um, want to work with somebody, they're out of state or whatever, um, you know, a good place to start is looking it up on psychology today. Okay. Um, and, and if you want to make sure that you use your insurance, um, going through your insurance company is a good way of doing it too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's kind of a, it's an onerous uh, process sometimes trying to figure out, how do I find a therapist? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if your insurance doesn't cover it, your FSA or your HSA may cover it instead, right? That's another. Oh, the, the money that people put mm-hmm. aside for medical. Yeah. And you can, you can use that money. Yep. Or sure. if you don't have insurance for some reason. Yeah. Right. Well, I think this was a great discussion. I think there's a lot of people out there right now that, uh, do feel alone number one and feel like they're trying to figure this out on their own. And, um, and I just feel like, what, you know, what do I do? What are my next steps? Mm-hmm. And we hope that this gave a little bit of a direction for all of you that um, if you have other questions or concerns that you'd like Janice and I to be talking about, please let us know. We would love for you to subscribe to this uh blog series to share it to like it to give us feedback we we always look forward to that and it's you that we want to be giving information to so the more we know about what you want to hear the more we can share that information so thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.